On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk about what you're willing to struggle for. After that, we talk about the importance of getting diagnosed and a little bit about disassociative identity disorder. Hang out for The Smoke Break every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. Today is February 13th. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindiel. Hey, friends. And our guest host, Wicks. Hey, what's going on? Now at that time. So, every time that we do this, I love to ask the question, what are you excited for? So, we're going to start off with a mandolin deal. What are you excited for? Oh, I'm very excited for uh, this week. I am going to <laughs> put my phone down. This week, I'm going <laughs> giving me signals. I was trying to check the date on my phone. That's why I was looking at it, but it's cool. So, this Thursday, I'm going to start a little mini tour with Andrew Frank. I mentioned that before, but I'm very excited because that is happening super soon. Yeah. So, Thursday in Idaho, and then Friday in uh, Montana, which I haven't performed there before, or Idaho, actually, and then uh, Eastern Washington on Saturday. So, I'm going on like a mini tour, staying in a hotel room, featuring for someone I really respect comedy and i'm excited to have a road trip and like feel like a grown-up i'm doing it you know yeah. i'm a I'm big comedian now so i'm yeah, excited no, going on tour is kind of like a big step oh yeah uh, definitely mm-hmm. have you uh, have you ever went on tour rex no definitely never went on tour all right all right like even a mini tour let's, 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 i mean you've gone to like a gone to like a city away you're like hey even if i leave for one night it's this is this is a tour mm-hmm. oh, I'd, i've traveled a lot you mm-hmm. know i've seen most of the united states it was just uh for more for fun rather than uh for music i wouldn't have considered it a tour but sure sure i love traveling for sure yeah, i can't absolutely. wait to do something like absolutely. that absolutely uh so amanda you're going on uh, a mini tour what what places are you hitting um, so I'm meeting him in Seattle. That's where he lives. And we're going to drive to Idaho and then Montana and then Eastern Washington. Wow. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, what's, uh, what's, uh, have you been on tour like this before? Um, I used to live in my school bus and I would like travel, um, around and do shows. So I don't know if that was necessarily a tour. It's more just like traveling and doing shows along the way. But this being like a, a booked weekend with pay and hotel, uh, it's like, that's what I want to do eventually is be able to like go away for a week or something and do a tour in a bunch of different cities. So it's, this is like a a start of the next chapter of things I want to do. So I'm very excited. That sounds way cool. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. Um, let's see if, uh, if you were like going on tour, what do you think you would like eat the most? Do you think it would be like gas station food or do you think it would be like you'd be eating out at like fancy places that you, you know, wouldn't normally be able to? Well, I like doing all those things. Fast food, the least amount, but sometimes you're like, oh, I haven't been to like Arby's in forever. Not that it's good, but you're like, it's here, you know, yeah. so you try and it's it. it's been a while. Or like, <laughs> I like trying... Um, whatever like people who live there like 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 what's oh, the best totally. this people are like oh if you like indian food go here if you like barbecue in certain cities you kind of have to have the certain foods too like memphis you're like okay i've got to get some barbecue so um i don't know i guess a little bit of everything fast food is more like when you're on the road in between cities but when i'm there i'll even go to like a weird diner or something just to people watch <laughs> try that like local food i don't know so okay. fancy restaurants Maybe, but I don't make yeah. that much and money doing I, comedy. When so. I say fancy restaurants, I mean not fast food. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My definition of fancy and your definition of fancy. A lot of bread, apparently. Yeah, uh, infinite breadsticks? That's insane. Bottles. Bees on a Friday? That's yeah, fancy. Yeah. For real. Is there any way I can get $1 Long Island iced teas? Yeah. Oh my God. So this is goofy. I went to an Applebee's and I was just like, hey, so like you guys just have $1 Long Island iced teas? And she's like, I don't bring it up. Like, yeah. like she remembered. She remembered. The staff is still recovering from that. 
thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I was like, okay, well, um, so I'm sorry. That's my fault. Um, Those iced teas were the vein of her existence. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, I mean, when I was drinking, I was like, like a dollar for like all the alcohol in one cup. Fucking sign yes. me up. But online, it was like in a giant mug, and then you get there, and it's like the tiniest plastic cup. They're like, no more glass, and no more mugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they had already tried it, and they're like, this was a bad idea, and you only find that out by uh, getting this far into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, dump, dump, dump. What about you, Wix? What are you excited for? Well, I got my show coming up at the end of the month. Okay, we, we got a show. What, uh, tell me about it. Oh, so it's uh, it's Rush One and Mr. Patron's uh, Hood-Made 10th Anniversary Concert. Damn. Um, there's going to be some really cool names performing. I think Champagne James and, and Tinkerbell are supposed to be performing. Hell yeah, yeah hell Tinkerbell. yeah. Tinkerbell. You remember yeah, Tinkerbell? I love him. He's great. Yeah, that dude's super dope. Yeah, we know him through like comedy because he's friends with Lance Edwards. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's always cool kind of seeing the crossovers and stuff. No, totally. I love learning about like the culture out here. Like the more that I've watched uh, Cross the Street, uh, mm-hmm. Jimbo's Cross the Street, you know, that really... <clears throat> that really inspired me to look more into the Portland culture. And that's where I learned so much about everybody. And I just started reaching out and yeah. it was crazy how people were just so open arms, especially when you're a creative, mm-hmm. you know, people just support you out here. And that's, I think is incredible. And want to see more of that around the United States. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's because I feel like a lot of us come here with the intent of being creative. So it's like, we know what it's like to be somewhere else where you're not exactly supportive um, in your creativity. So it's, I like when, you know, like for example, if somebody adds me on Instagram and they're also an artist, then I'll follow them back. Yeah. Because it's like, we're both trying to do the thing in this boat, this, this boosts both of us. Why wouldn't I help you out in the way that you've helped me? So exactly. It's nice in Portland because with community, like groups, it either is competitive or it's like community. And, And in Portland, it feels a lot more community than like a competitive creative scene where you're like, okay, I have to suck whose dick to get some respect. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally, I totally see that too. I I feel like the, yeah, the the community out here is really unlike any other that Mm -hmm. I've experienced, especially back home. Like when I started doing hip hop, um, I thought that uh, I would have more of my friends that were artists, like support me. Mm -hmm. And I actually have seen like a lot of the people that have reached out to me were like people that I used to talk to in high school. And, you know, I I just had a a lot of people that I just like had met over the internet, you know, and they just started supporting me. And, I've gained so much support in such a short amount of time. I was like, man, I might as well push it. You know, mm, so I've just started pushing it as hard as I can. Yeah, yeah. Amanda was asking where where home is. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry, I didn't no even hear you. Uh, I'm actually from South Carolina, Hilton Head Island. Okay. Uh, it's a little uh, it's a little 12 mile island off the coast, uh, close to Georgia. Okay. Um, I came. Uh, yeah, so I'm from there originally, and then I moved to California at 21. Then I moved to Colorado, did a lot of traveling in between, saw the Pacific Northwest and sure. um, all the way over to like Montana. And then, and then I took a bus from LA to uh, Savannah, Georgia, which is where my brother is. And he, uh, that was like a two and a half day bus ride, yeah. you know, on a, on a, um, Greyhound bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, those plastic That'll seats. Change you. It really yeah. does. It humbles you for sure. Yeah. Like for this is for, for there being a very fast dog on the side of this bus. This is, 
Nice. <laughs> no, I've seen like eight, you know what should have been like a four to six hour trip become a fourteen hour trip. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> no, I believe it. There's well, there's stops and there's this slow ass bus journey. We gotta go up yeah, more and more. Also, I stabbed someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one time I was on a Greyhound bus and this guy was so drunk he was like asking this like random girl to like kiss him and and like he started like smoking cigarettes in the bathroom on the oh bus and one of those is an offense like no yeah there was multiple offenses here he, and then the bus driver finally like called him up to the front like he was like in high school yeah, or something right? you know, by like, the driver now yeah, exactly and notes. so and we finally get off at the at the stop in uh in orangeburg south carolina and he grabs his backpack and the police are already there waiting for him because he was just being disruptive all over the place you know cussing out the bus driver and everything so he gets his bag and he's getting off the bus and there's just a full i don't even know like i didn't i've never drank that much jack daniels i don't really know what you call them but the the really big ones the the whole thing was empty and it just falls out of his book bag and smashes all over the ground and i was the only one who found this absolutely hilarious oh yeah Yeah. so it's a cartoonishly large amount of whiskey as well yeah i I was on i was literally rolling on the floor laughing on that and everybody's like what is wrong with them like i cannot help it i was wrong with me that guy has a barrel of jack daniels (laughs) just so much jack daniels i have to say Jack Daniels' full name uh, yeah. to represent how much. That's it's not a insane. bottle of Jack. Jack yeah. Jimmy Daniels. Um, Just don't 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 drink Jack Daniels on the bus, kids. <laughs> Valuable lessons with wicks. Yeah. Uh, make it a flask, not a barrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's super goofy. Well, hell yeah, no, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you get uh, you get this show and you have some stuff to look forward to, and you're finding the uh, community support that you've kind of been looking for. Did so. you say the venue and the time for your show? Oh no, I didn't. Uh, so it's gonna be February 25th at 8 p.m. The doors open at 8. Um, and it's going to be at the PDX Event Center. Okay, cool. Right yeah. Check that area. out. Yeah. Hell yeah, absolutely. Check that out. What are you excited for, Zane? Oh, who? Me? Well, <laughs> I am. I just had my uh, EP release party. Yes, that, that was, was dope. fucking crazy. Um, I tried to make it. You're all good, player. You're all good. Um, honestly, i I spent a lot of t- I've spent a lot of time in the past, like doing when I do shows, being like, but I invited this person, they didn't make it. I invited this person, they didn't make it. It's, it's like I can't wrap myself up in that. You know, it's like totally. everybody who made it that day were the people who were supposed to make it and the fact that like if you did make it that day you made it today you know what I mean you made it to this like Mm -hmm. the things that that we make it to and that we don't make it to there's four reasons so it's you know I appreciate when uh, people can can be there for those things but you know the fact that people tried to make it it means just as much you know because I had a couple people who showed up and they were late you know it was like after the whole thing had finished but it was like I wasn't upset that they were late I was grateful that they wanted to slash tried to make it right yeah totally so that's something I'm trying to I'm trying to be better about about is uh you know just just appreciating the people who make it um not stressing about those who don't I think that's yeah important. exactly because there's there's definitely been I I have this habit of being like you know uh oh you like me well now I have to impress that other person who doesn't you know yes. and it's just like constantly wrapping myself up and like just finding a way to almost be miserable all the time where it's just 
I've, I know exactly what you mean. I had a coworker come up to me the other day and I told him something about one of, you know, when I was in the cross the street show or when we were in the cross the street show and I was mm. supposed to, we, we didn't end up performing. Uh, but I was trying to sell the tickets and I was telling him about the show and he just like, it was like, it wasn't so much that I felt like he was trying to hurt me, but it was mm. like what he said was like, you know, oh, I support you, but not with my money. And it's like, uh, whoa, you know, and then everybody started laughing at me. Yeah. You know, in the break room. And I was just like, ah, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this didn't yeah. feel good. <laughs> well, I don't support you with uh, my money, but I don't support you in any way. So <laughs> I hope that's, it's always fucking frustrating when people, you know, just kind of like take those pot shots and you're just like, listen, if you're not going to show up, don't shit talk me in front of everybody yeah. who might have showed up, you know, well, like exactly. what's, who was this for? Was this for your ego? Cause it definitely wasn't for mine. No. And it, yeah, it was definitely an ego thing and I understand like these guys weren't even really into hip hop music he, sure sure you know sure. he was asking me about it so I spilled the beans you know? yeah yeah oh hey what are you doing fuck your thing <laughs> yeah don't, <laughs> don't ask yeah, it's wow. like you know you don't look like a hip hop artist and it's like well you look like a douchebag yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, do you have a douchebag ticket that you're selling you don't look like you should be married but you are yeah, feel yeah. bad for your wife yeah exactly that's yeah. fucking good so goofy uh, yeah. Um, so dropped, yeah. I was gonna say you dropped a new song at your EP release party that I, I am excited to hear yes. recorded and yes. played on this show yes. in the near future. Near future, maybe. I don't know. A lot of people were super stoked on it, and that's, that's it made me feel really good because I hadn't really performed it live. I think I'd performed it for you, and mm -hmm. I performed it for Josh and Taylor, the other people on the Smoke Break. I performed it for them, and uh, you know, there's, there's. I'm like, well, they said it was good, but that's probably just because they don't want me to fucking cry because it's all I have. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> it's for my ego. Um, so to be able to perform it in front of a bunch of people for the first time and just get such a, a warm reaction and everyone just being like, cool, where do I find it? And I'm like, it's not, I didn't record it because I didn't think it was good. Uh, now that well, I know that stop it is. doing that. Yeah, 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 pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm doubting myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being able to just kind of see that, re that live reaction and be like, okay, I'm onto something, you know, I need to uh, just go ahead and, and start following through and, and uh, getting this stuff. So, yeah, super excited. I'm glad I had the EP uh, release show. I'm looking forward to making some new music and then... Um, Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to just some upcoming dates and stuff. So. And your EP, like, when I found out that I was going to be in the Cross the Street show, I actually, you were the first artist that I looked up on the roster. So nice. I, um, pew, pew. I pew. love the EP, too. Like, I mean, so like, good. when I, I messaged you and I reached out, like, yeah. right as soon as I heard it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, there was so much that I not only resonated with, but, you know, your lyricism and the way that you hit the beat, like, mm -hmm. it, it was on point, dude. I you know, and, like, then I really mean that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, I'm I'm super grateful that I've I've been able to just talk to and meet more artists um, just through this, you know, because it's like I, I keep trying to explain to everybody. They're just like, oh, hey, who are you? And I'm just like a fucking dude who's just like trying to get into this, you know, like yes. I don't know who the fuck anybody is. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? You're I consider you. And I'm like, I don't consider me that at all. So, you know, so it's, it's like, hard to see it in yourself. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. So sometimes it, it's those little little moments where people reach out and they're like hey i really appreciated you making this i really enjoy this it it 
you know, it helps you see what other people see in you. And that's sometimes mm-hmm. you need that to see a little bit more in yourself and start yep. to have that confidence to create. So, oh, totally. You know, I, I've only been doing hip hop for maybe a year, but I've been playing music since I was five. You know, that's yeah. almost 22 years ago. I've been playing music. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I, I started doing hip hop just as like a way to get more words out in a song because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I felt like sure. there was more I wanted to say, but I just, I didn't really know how to. And when I, I watched somebody freestyle for the first time and it was somebody that I knew I had known mm-hmm. him for years and I didn't know that he could freestyle. And, and it was just crazy how like just one person after another, you know, was just like getting up and they were just jumping in and I was, I've never experienced it before. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this was like an instrument for me. Yeah, yeah. for you sure. Know? And so I was like, this is a craft that I want to try to hone too. So I just started and, and, uh, it wasn't until like maybe a year later that I actually really started to take it seriously. And when that happened, uh, you know, you write a few things and you're like, I don't like that. You know, nobody else did either. So uh, let's just throw that in the trash. But, you know, I started getting, getting traction. I started like liking my own sound, you know? And, um, then I had one guy that I really respected, uh, shout out to Brandon Jones. You know, he really, uh, pushed me to be a better hip hop artist. Cause I'd, highly respected his uh, musical opinion and you know if he told me something was if he said something like oh yeah that's coming along you know or something like that it's like he know I can tell he's not trying to hurt my feelings but he's trying to tell me it's not done yet yeah you know because you don't want just your friends to tell you you're good at something you're not you want your friends to be like uh maybe this part like you want that yeah yeah if you don't want that then you're you're not very good (laughs) and you're not not trying to be better (laughs) exactly you're not trying to grow Okay. Well, awesome. Hey, no, I'm, I'm super excited for the rest of this episode. So we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with the smoke break. Hey, I got an idea. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen. Video game music. Every Sunday, 3 p.m. Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with the Mandolin Deal. Hello. And Wix. What's up? So, on this week's episode of the Smoke Break, we're going about talk about the topic for why do you want shit to suck and you're like what does that mean and it was actually a title that was suggested by one of our good friends and the idea is why do you want to struggle right if you decide to follow your dreams there's going to be a bunch of problems associated with following your dreams and if you don't follow your dreams well there's going to be a bunch of problems associated with that so the question becomes what are you willing to struggle for mm. um so i guess my question to you, Amanda, is, uh, you know, what are what are the things that you've decided that you're willing to struggle for? Um, I just want to be able to do the things that I want to do. And if there's struggle that comes with that, which, of course, there is. But most of those struggles, I feel like, are self-doubt. And I just feel like life is too short to not do what you want to do. And sometimes there's going to be parts of life where you maybe need to, like, focus on other things but just to not lose that and still pursue that and try new things so I'd much rather 
I mean, <clears throat> I've never been rich, <laughs> but I was going to say I'd much rather be poor and follow my dreams than be rich and not have any. But I don't know. Maybe being rich and bored is fun, too. Just kidding. <laughs> they fuck kids. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess uh, Okay well That is a struggle um, And everybody has their own them, kids. It's true man uh, Anyway <laughs> I, I don't know I would just rather do the things that make me happy And yeah. of course there's struggles But I've also had a lot of people You know tell me that They love that I've been doing this Like friends in high school, middle school Like you've always been funny You've always talked about doing this Now it's like 10 years you've been doing stand up comedy That's awesome Yeah and there might be a few people like, but you never did this. And I'm like, suck my dick, dude. I don't fucking care what you think. Like, I don't want to do that. So, okay. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, so, so you've decided that you're, you're willing to struggle to follow your dreams. You're going to struggle either way. I'd yeah, rather absolutely. just be happy a little bit while I do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Might as well be struggling doing something you love. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of like where this idea came from is just kind of like, you know, I, I was in a po- place in my life where I was just like I just want to give up and then I realized that like if I gave up I was going to be depressed uh, and the reason I wanted to give up is because I was depressed following my dreams so I was like which one am I willing to uh, to make that sacrifice for so uh, what about you Wix what's what's uh, are you gonna are you gonna struggle to follow them or are you gonna struggle to uh, to accept that you've given up on them oh man I mean you know Rush one asked me once you know is this you got to decide is this a hobby for you and I'm like this is not a hobby Mm -hmm. you know this is I've been playing music for so long at this point I think it's like one of the only things that I'm really good at anymore sure you know I have everybody tells me that I have the ear you know just just to hear something that I know is going to sound good and I know other people are going to to like so if I like something that I've written I, I generally have a like I said a good enough ear that I think other people would like it too yeah yeah well that's that's definitely it's important yeah um, but to, I guess, uh, answer your question of like, you know, what would I struggle for? I think like there's so much at a certain point that like, it's kind of hard to choose just like one or two things, you know, I have my kids that, you know, I struggle for every yeah, day, absolutely. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a struggle sometimes just waking up in the morning and getting through the day, Yeah, you absolutely. know, and then you, you add on all of the little tiny things like having to hold down a, a full-time job and, you know, being a musician, you know, and trying to find time for your family, making sure that they don't feel neglected, you yeah, know, and then you absolutely. have your, your wife, your significant other that, you know, you're constantly looking out for them too and then you, you're like oh, wait a minute I have to think about myself at oh, a certain point yeah. you know yeah. so there's a, so many things like I mean my my mental health is something that I would struggle for you know having happiness every mm-hmm. day you know uh, being able to get my family the things that they want and the things that they need so that you know something to leave behind after everything you know yeah. I guess is really what I would struggle for absolutely absolutely well I mean it's, it sounds like you're, you're at least being you know extremely realistic about the fact that like yes uh to have a family you do have to struggle for that to make sure that they feel loved and, and cared for that's something that you have to struggle for yes. waking up in the morning that's something that like that's a that's a struggle that you agree to every single day yeah. because 
not wanting to wake up is a very common thing that, you know, a lot of people feel and mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of go into the day and be like, all right, I've accepted that, like, by waking up, this is going to be difficult. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and so accepting, accepting that and just kind of being aware of uh, the fact that, that everything, everything is going to be a struggle. Um, but it's, you know, I think it's like a Buddhist thing, you know, it's like life is suffering. It's like, yeah, it absolutely. Is. And it is. it's, it's what are the things that you're willing to suffer for um because you know if you were to be like i can't raise these kids you would have you'd be missing them you know that's that's suffering you know that's a struggle all all of all in its own you know if you were to like leave your family behind once again that's another that's another struggle yeah having a family and not having a family are both struggles Um, (laughs) you know like being single and having a partner are both struggles uh so you know, I, I think it's it's really cool that you've you've decided that those are things that you're like, all right, well, this is these are the things I'm willing to put my time and energy into this music, you know, on the chance that it might not work out. But that's a struggle that I'm willing to do because it's I can accept that more than I can accept not that more than I can accept the struggle of not following my dreams. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess in my situation, what, what am I willing to struggle for, man? I guess it's just, I'm willing to struggle to communicate. That's something mm. that I, I really, I have a hard time with because there's so much that I want to say and there's just, there's just this uh, inability to be able to find the right words or to find the right time or to find the right people to say it to. It's communication is a struggle, but at the same time, being silent is a fucking struggle all Mm -hmm. all its own. And um, I guess it's, it's coming to terms with the fact that like, if I want to be understood, I have to communicate. Absolutely. in order to communicate, I have to say the wrong thing sometimes. In order to, you know, get better at communicating, I have to also understand that, like, by saying anything at all, I'm closer to saying the right thing. You know, I've said the wrong thing a hundred times to the wrong people just so that I could say the right thing to one person. And that's, you know, I, I guess it's just a lot of just accepting that, you know, would, no matter if I'm, if I say something or if I'm silent, there's going to be struggles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really well put. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, it's, there's, I, I want to struggle for my dreams, you know, like yeah. that's, I know what it's like to have given up or to have wanted to give up. I know what it's like to have walked away. There was a, there was a two year period where I didn't do music. I didn't do comedy. And I sat in a fucking apartment and played video games. And yeah. then I sucked at video games and that is a struggle. <laughs> I'm not willing to make, you know what I mean? Like yes. that's, that's a struggle I don't care about. You yeah, know, like exactly. I would much rather fail at music. I'd much rather fail at comedy than fucking spend all my time struggling <laughs> to get good at video games I don't give a fuck yeah. about yeah. Um, so yeah it's 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 definitely it's an idea that like I've just kind of been kicking around because you know um, with with my good friend uh, you know Angel you know she's she's trying to make the decision hey do I want to um, do I want to struggle to to uh, be a streamer or do I want to struggle with the depression of having not followed something that I really wanted to do? Yeah, that's a good point is that some people do look at, you know, that thing that you look at as the waste of time, the struggle you don't want to put into. Mm-hmm. Other people look at that struggle as the struggle they do want to put into. And that's yeah. where that the uh, I guess like equivalent exchange of the universe kind of yeah. takes hold. Yeah, totally. 
Well, and, and the, I feel like in a lot of cases, you know, the struggle isn't even something that we understand when we go into it, right? Because when you said you wanted to be a rapper, you're just like, dope, I'll write some raps, then I'll go perform the raps, then everyone will like me, and then uh, <laughs> everything will be great, right? Yeah. And it's like, nope, uh, you're going to write the raps, the raps aren't going to be what you think that they were, so you're going to have to rewrite them a hundred times, then you're going to present them to people, and then they're still not going to like them, so then you're going to have to like yourself, and it's like, yeah. there's all these extra steps that like you didn't even really anticipate and so it's it's that that becomes a struggle all its own it's just kind of the struggle of uh you know what did i think this was going to be and how has it actually played out no totally totally so um well there's a lot of times there's struggles you didn't even like you could have been prepared for some like all right i know it's going to take this much time and effort and i know i'm going to have to try and then you might do all that and then be like wait do i have to do this too or like you find mm-hmm. out there's like another layer to the thing that you like you maybe i have to record this you know <laughs> i wrote it and then i did it live i have to do it perfectly <laughs> at the studio for 60 dollars an hour what the fuck yeah. oh my gosh yeah, yeah. The, all of the prices of everything i understand that like everything's the price of everything goes up it's just like gosh just to get your your songs recorded on rough drafts you know what i mean and then like having to pay for the mastering and the you know the uh, everything else if you wanted to get other artists on there you know Mm you've got to pay them and and, and then you got to pay for the beat and then you got to pay for the the track stems for the beat you know so that that becomes over a thousand dollars for an album you may see a hundred dollars off of yeah exactly and you do all that just so some dick in the break room can go i support you but not with money <laughs> fuck you dude yes fuck you exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. uh, everything no. for free yeah I've <laughs> had my own struggles as a musician you know I was uh as a kid I was in and out of bands a lot you know I mean we never got any traction with any band that I was ever in you know it's hard it's hard you know? when you're creative and especially in South Carolina like there was the the music scene there was so like wishy-washy like it, it depended on like what area you were in yeah. like and then you know the the music would go from like oh hip-hop is the big thing to oh now reggae's the big thing mm-hmm. oh now ska's the big thing mm-hmm. oh now punk's the big thing yeah like we do you that was cool two years ago what do you mean you put yeah. your whole life into it yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, fuck me you're right you're absolutely right <laughs> but yeah no, no, no. I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about that because I'm, I'm always curious you know it's it's what what it what are you willing to you know suffer for and it's it says a lot about people you know is is are they are they hey like I'm going to suffer anyways i giving up is a suffering that I'm willing to accept or pursuing it. It says a lot about you. So, um, I'm glad that I'm surrounded by so many creative people who are, uh, we're willing to suffer for our art for better or worse. Uh, yeah. here yeah. we are and we'll, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> uh, keep bringing it to you, but we are going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with the smoke break. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at 7 p.m. Friends, Friends of Slop, pop, vaporwave, art rock, yes, indie, rap, punk, Bob James. Oh, hell yes. It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show with theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're going to like it where I'm going to take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. 
Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with a mandolin deal. Hello. And our guest host, Wix. What's up? Taking a smoke break. Taking a smoke break on the smoke break every episode we like to talk about uh mental health something super important to me um but when it comes to mental health i feel like a very important part of that is actually getting properly diagnosed so uh it's a big step it's a big step i'd like to know a little bit about your experience with uh, diagnosis whether it's in your situation or in the situation of someone close to you yeah well uh so mental health is extremely important to me it's a big reason as to why i make my music um my father suffered a lot with mental illness uh he was diagnosed as bipolar manic depressive for the longest time and he was medicated for that uh recently just last year he was also diagnosed with uh, schizoaffective disorder um okay. so it kind of plays along with the manic depressive so he goes through these episodes where you know for months at a time he will be you know almost incoherent you couldn't you can't understand what he's saying because he's talking and uh like uh it's so hard to explain it really is like if i tried to explain it it would just it would just it sounds it just sounds crazy like you know talking about you know being the savior of the world and you know um god 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 complex you know kind of involved yeah, yeah. in it as well, well i mean that's that's kind of you know why we talk about it is because it's like i i haven't experienced that so it's like i only have my only interpretation or what i assume that it is is what i've gained from the media so you know like learning that that is kind of a symptom or a side effect is is kind of like the those delusions of grand and yes yeah that's definitely a part of it too yeah absolutely uh i'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge huge part of of his episodes as well um and i noticed myself as you know a young teen you know turning into an adult i saw myself going down that path and so i just kind of figured you know I might as well just see how far this roller coaster goes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when I started getting into my own drug habits and things like that. And granted, I never really did anything too crazy. And when I did realize that my mind was going, you know, out of out of the reaches of, mm-hmm. of my of my being, you know, I, I started to kind of tone things back. Uh, I'm glad that I had enough of a head on my shoulders to, you know, um, appreciate my life at a certain point you know um but back to my dad you know at two years old he went through an episode that caused the police to be involved and he Mm -hmm. was taken away from the family my parents had to go to court but my my dad never was absent in my life right you know we we still had conversations over the phone he was still a huge influence in my music and my philosophy in life uh you know he taught me so much about you know how things just work you know or and um well, I mean, it must take like a lot of compassion for you to understand that, like, you know, it wasn't him leaving, you know, it wasn't him like abandoning the, no, the no. family. It was, you know, him not being able to be there in the capacity that he wanted to be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it never felt like my father had abandoned me. I mean, it, I always missed him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that was a huge reason why I ended up moving back from California to South Carolina was because I wanted to reconcile some time with him. Uh, But I I realized that, 
there's just like I have so much going on in my life that it throws him off balance and so that it sometimes it's kind of better for us to have space apart from one another especially now that I have kids because if he goes through an episode um you know last time he went through an episode he, he said some really hurtful things and mm-hmm. you know made things really difficult uh for the situation that I was in because he didn't quite understand what was actually happening mm-hmm. you yeah. know um well, I mean, and that's, that's, you know, once again, like that's kind of a, just a, it takes a lot of compassion to be like, Hey, that wasn't my dad. That was a personality. That was a personality. That wasn't his personality. That was maybe an aspect of his personality, yeah. but that's, that's not who he is fucking, you know, 365. It might be who he is fucking, you know, 10, 20, you know, even 30 days out of the year, but this, out of 365 days, that's not a huge chunk. And, you know, to judge him based off of who he is in those, those moments, those short, yeah. short spurts, that's, it's not fair to him. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I respect you for the amount of compassion that that takes. No, I appreciate that for sure. Um, because it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to relate with people a lot with things like that. Um, because I relate a lot with people who didn't have fathers growing up, Mm -hmm. but I, and I don't relate well with people that had uh, hyper masculine fathers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and because my, my father was never hyper masculine. You know, he was a, a, a Reiki master mm-hmm. and a massage therapist. My dad was always very gentle with me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. always a, a very kind person. And, um, and, and, you know, it, it also kind of played into my own mental health at a time because your dad goes through these episodes and he's telling you these things about the world that may or may not be true. It's through his perspective of that altar, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he he would tell me certain things and I would believe them wholeheartedly because I'm his son, you know, and that's my dad. And, um, and you want to believe everything that your father tells you. And, and I had to learn as I uh, got older that, you know, I had to establish my own philosophy regardless of whether if it went against his, you know? And so now a lot of our conversations are about things like that, where our differences are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very adult conversation to have. Um, That's cool. Uh, I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit, Amanda. Uh, what's what's your experience with getting diagnosed, with not getting diagnosed, and maybe wanting to? What's uh, what's your experience with all that? Um, I've gone to therapists and stuff. I've never been diagnosed for anything. Sometimes I question or wonder. I grew up pretty religious and sheltered, so there was a lot of like nice. stigma behind mental health means it's either like demons or you're crazier because you don't have Jesus or whatever. And like medication is, yeah, medication <laughs> is not helpful. You need prayer or whatever. Um, and I grew up with family members who definitely struggled with mental health and were medicated, but seeing them kind of be so overly medicated that I always knew they were like not fully present mm-hmm. and them kind of having uh, mental breakdowns and different episodes. And as a kid, just like not really understanding that, but being like, well, I don't want to be like that. And then mm-hmm. you grow up and things happen and uh, <laughs> you kind of surprise yourself and you're like, okay, well maybe this is more than just those crazy ants, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe we all struggle and not everyone has the tools. So just going to therapy was something that I was like a little nervous about, but I'm very glad that I have, I don't have insurance. I get dropped a lot. 
Um, yeah. I've had some bad experiences with like, don't worry, you're covered. And then a month later, I had like a thousand dollar bill. I'm like, well, I guess I can't afford therapy, which is super depressing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk to anyone about it though. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, for real. Nobody cares, work harder. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. For real. For My real, last though. therapist, I like had a notebook and we talked a lot about stuff that I still have that notebook and I wish I would have even taken more notes. And I think it's so important to like journal yes. and write down. And even if people like give you good advice or something sticks with you that day, write it down. Cause you'll never yeah. know the day you open that book and you just cry. Cause you're like, I needed this again. Yes. I needed that reminder. So and wow, true. look at all the progress. I'm mad at myself cause I don't have this and this. I still struggle with that. And I look back in that notebook and be like, Oh my God, that person was having way harder time. Now I have tools. So yeah. Um, yeah. I've never been diagnosed. I'm not against it. I'm just in a place where I can't really yeah. <laughs> go to therapy anymore. Um, but I'm really grateful for the tools that I've had and the conversations I've had with people because it's not scary to talk about anymore. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Everybody struggles in some capacity with mental health. And to think that you don't means you probably have some, <laughs> some shit you ain't looking at that you probably should for everyone around you. Cause yeah. it's not just for you. It's for your relationships and yeah. for your future yourself it's very important so well yeah. and I, I think you know even talking about like the difficulty with getting diagnosed is, is something that's worth talking about because mm-hmm. it's like if if getting diagnosed is valuable then not being able to get diagnosed becomes like it's Be detrimental detrimental absolutely. your whole life with like and if you only knew what you could yeah. do to fix it you could have lived a better life well, but absolutely. how hard is it to get diagnosed in a system that's really fucking difficult and expensive <laughs> yeah yeah well um i had had you know kind of the experience of not really being able to is like I guess I got diagnosed a bunch when I was younger but I never believed it you know I was always just like you're just trying to put labels on me yeah and because of that um because of that I wasn't able to uh really function at my at my highest capacity because I didn't know what I needed to adjust for you know if if I had known that I had bipolar I would be able to say to myself, okay, I'm getting hyped up right now. I'm getting, you know, more angry than maybe I should be, but like, I will account for that. I will say, okay, I'm going to go calm down or I'm going to try and, you know, uh, you know, just take a step back, take a breather. You know, if, if I'm aware that I have a, a, a mood disorder, then I can account for my moods. But if I don't know that I have a mood disorder and I don't know that I'm struggling from paranoid delusions then everything that I think seems like the right thing, right. you know, and yes, anybody who tells me that is in on it you know like if i'm like uh, uh, uh i think everyone's out to get me and you're like no you're not and you're like you're part of them you <laughs> yeah, know? And yeah it's, exactly it's, it becomes it's a vicious cycle yeah and it's it becomes one of those things where it's like you can't really get better because you don't know that you're not well off yeah yep. how um, can you get better if you don't know you're like you're not Sick. well or yeah, you're unwell. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely been an important thing to me. Um, and I, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger and I got diagnosed in the nineties. Yeah, exactly. So everybody got <laughs> yeah. diagnosed with ADHD when they were younger. So I thought I don't have ADHD. That's just the thing that everybody got diagnosed with. Right. But because I believed that, um, it didn't allow me to actually, you know, treat myself for ADHD because I just assumed that it wasn't real and I got diagnosed with bipolar when I was younger and once again everyone was getting diagnosed as bipolar and ADHD yeah. and I got blocked I got locked into this this pool of people where it was like okay um, like 
I just, I just, Do I had, have it. Do none of us have exactly, it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it wasn't it until be too bad. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until I got younger or excuse me, until I got younger. I'm Benjamin Button. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually Zane Zipper. Okay. Zane, Zane Zipper. Zipper. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Until I got older. Zangeman Zipper. Zangeman <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, no. <laughs> so I got older, but I like realized that I like you know that I do have bipolar, and that um, you know that that is something that I I have to I have to I have to account for. I have to make changes in my life, and you know maybe take a drinking alcohol out of the equation because mm. yep. if you're already an emotional person and you're taking part in an emotional drug, then you're probably okay. Well, you can figure it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did in the hard way, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I I feel like getting diagnosed is extremely important, but I also understand, you know, how difficult it is to get diagnosed right. and how difficult it is even to accept that diagnosis once you've been diagnosed because nobody wants to be put into a fucking box. Nobody wants no. to be, you know, oh, well, you're this, which means that every time this happens, you're like this. And yeah. It's like, fuck, you don't tell me who I am. Yeah, exactly. you know, and if you are like one notch off of it, then you're like, well, then I don't have that because I thought I didn't have bipolar because they're like, you have long periods of being sad and long periods of being happy. And I'm like. Uh, I'm happy, fucking super happy one second, super sad the next second. I don't have bipolar. And they're like, uh, okay, you have rapid cycling. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense, you Mm, know? And that's why it was like, I don't fit into this box. I fit into this box. But it wasn't until I was able to, you know, have somebody explain it to me and kind of guide me in my acceptance of it that I was able to um, really start to grow and make those changes in my life. Hell yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I I appreciate getting your perspective on that because it's it's everybody has a different experience with diagnosis. Mm. And totally, and and it is like in the mental health community, it's super important to get diagnosed, but it's also super important not to judge those who aren't diagnosed, exactly. but know that they have something to work on. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of compassion to you know understand that you know whether we're at a place in our life where we can get diagnosed and it's something we can do financially, or if we're at a place in our life where we're even accepting an understanding of mental illness and you know ready to get diagnosed. Yeah. You could have all the money to do it and be like, I don't want you to tell me who the fuck I am. Yeah. So you know, I it's, it's yeah, it's definitely important to kind of spread that awareness and help people uh, just understand that. If, if you're there and you're ready to get diagnosed, fucking let's do it. If not, let's just accept that like something's a little bit off and I'll have a little bit more patience for you and how you react to things. Right. Uh, I think also another super important thing to think about is like not to overly obsess over it either. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Uh, there's so many people I see that are like, you know, I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. And, and it kind of comes off as hypo hypochondriac yeah. oh, yeah. and, and so uh, I just like to remind people that you know it's it's super important to be aware of your mental health but, and, obsess. but don't obsess over it because that can make things way worse you can oh, over exaggerate the problem absolutely absolutely that's that, that was a big reason why I had such a big problem uh, accepting my own mental health was because my mom was she was in the period of when everyone was getting diagnosed so she wasn't realizing that she was self-diagnosing I feel like yeah but 
as a result, she was not only self-diagnosing, but diagnosing me. And I'm just like, will you yes. stop putting me in this fucking box? Like, yeah. Stop telling me. But, and it was just like, well, well, that's probably just because I'm depressed and anxious. And that's because, and she's just, she was constantly talking about it in a way that like, I didn't feel as though she had enough information to, you know, make mm. that call of, okay, you have this, or this is why you're doing this. So it's, yeah, it's, I understand why people shut off, you know, initially when somebody's like, oh, I have this. And it's like, it's, do you or do you think you have this yeah. and you've been operating under that assumption uh, so totally um, I think that like the biggest thing that I struggled with with my mental health was that I didn't know what I had and I fell into the same pool as you where I was diagnosed as ADHD you know probably bipolar if your mm. dad has it mm. you know and then you know everything started just kind of like falling apart and I realized I had to take control over my own mental health and that's a big reason why I started studying philosophy and mm -hmm. uh, I, I say study philosophy but it really I just you know like to do my own research on yeah. things and mm -hmm. um, I you know found a path that fits me and I became a yoga teacher nice. um, which has been super helpful I think that you know learning about uh, different kinds of philosophies, seeing how the like the people before us got through their struggles, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because maybe they're not completely relatable, but you have to think about how much people really struggled back then. I mean, we yeah. talk about mental health now, but they were physically ill, you know, they mm -hmm. were being stabbed by their policemen and, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, you know, they weren't even calling them policemen. They were, there were guards and, yeah. you know, like the executioners and, sure. you know, there was people being executed in the street streets you know and it was it was something that people went to go see with their families you mm -hmm. know and yeah. like can only imagine what kind of mental health you know Scars problems they had just, yeah just from watching somebody be executed by the people you are supposed to be looking up to yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know? 100% 100% yeah the having just like kind of that understanding that like you can find answers in just about anywhere you know like you can I my one of my one of my philosophies I guess is that like I can learn any, I can not anything. I can learn something from anyone, you know, yes, like absolutely. even, even if I fucking hate somebody, there's something that they have that, that I, that I don't, that there's a piece of information that if I'm willing to listen, I can learn something from that person. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that, that thing that you learn from them is that they're maybe not who they say they are, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just like, you realize that uh, like I, I have a, a, there was somebody I met on my travels that really fit into that. Uh, you know, he claimed to be a Swami, right? Mm, and it was like a what's guru, a Swami? Right? It's like a guru. Okay. Yeah, and he, we, he would like hold these like somewhat like classes where we had like you know three or four of his people, mm -hmm. and we would like go and we would learn things about, um, like uh, we were learning about muscle testing this day, right? Mm -hmm. And then he like calls me. He would like. Con he would like purposely be condescending towards me in front of everybody else mm -hmm. and and it was because I wasn't like oh my god Mr. Guru you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah. I was like okay you know that sounds like fun then I'll show up you know yeah. and and I got there and I realized what this really was was a, a big boost for his ego exactly yeah. right. and that's that's kind of like the my problem with like gurus is that like it's like do you are you here to share the information like fucking you know Tony Robbins it's like are you here to share uh, the information yeah. for the betterment of people or are you here to make three thousand dollars off every person yeah, who signed up for this? exactly yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So, but there's also like I think a big a big thing to realize is that if you don't have a mentor, um, it it, it would be a good idea to find one because yeah. you know I oh, yeah. I have my my uh, Allison linguist she taught me everything that I know about yoga and mm-hmm. yoga philosophy and she is who I would consider to be my guru mm-hmm. you know, in this life mm-hmm. right and um, and it's kind of funny because a guru that we have in common uh, Paramahansa Yogananda which you know he he died a few uh, about a decade or two ago uh, but he started the um I can't remember it. It's a, it's a retreat in, in California where you just come and, you know, you can, it's a temple Hmm. and I forget what the name of it is right now, but it was funny through the meditation on that guru that I met her, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was funny to see that she had the same, you know, gurus follow, you know, that she prayed to as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think that having somebody, something to kind of guide, to guide, like guiding is one thing, like leading is one thing and guiding is another. Yeah. You know, like I want somebody to guide me and be like, Hey, I want you to find the answers on your own. I want to ask you the questions that make you answer this. And then there's somebody who's like, I'm going to tell you what the answers are. And if you don't accept the answers I've given you, then you don't know the answer. Yeah. You want people to go like guide them to their own conclusion. Like my best friend, who's a health coach, she says it's so hard to not tell someone what they need to do, but people don't respond to that. You have to ask them the right right. questions to where it's like, they think of it on their own and they get there. And then like just realizing that all you can really do is like walk next to them, but you can't really like hold their hand and give them hints. You just kind of have to be like, okay, I'll follow you. I'm here for you, but I can't tell you what to do. Cause even if I tell you that you won't want to do it. (laughs) And a leader would be like, you have to do this. And that's more like, ego I feel like then yeah yeah that's you thinking that you have the answers and that they don't when in all honesty they may have the answers they just haven't figured out how to unlock that information it's authoritarian Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't know how everyone works I'll tell people what I do and they're like that made me feel crazy and I'm like really what you do makes me feel crazy so like how can you even really give someone advice if you're not that person they have to create their own path and like take their own advice basically yes yeah 100% no it's that's added no, it's just such an such an interesting thing like asking questions is something that like I really have tried to like make an art out of you know because it's like how how do how do I learn about you and have you because people kind of come to you looking for answers but they don't want you to give them answers yeah. you know yes. they, they they're like hey how do I solve this and then you're like hey this is how you solve it and they're like I didn't ask you and you're like <laughs> It's very confusing because you literally use the words, how do I? And then they go, cool, I'm going to do what I was going to do anyways. And you're like, why'd you ask me? Yeah. <laughs> I do that yeah. all the time. I'll yeah, be exactly. <laughs> I just really needed a second opinion to deny. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> I denied my own. I'm going to deny yours. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I don't trust you. I don't even trust myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely trying to, to get people to arrive at their own, you know, their own, their own conclusions because I, I don't want to be told what to do I want to tell you what I think I should do I want to tell you your answer but I say it first like, yeah. you already know what you want you know what you want me to say but I want you to guide me there that way you know it's not you just being like well what you should have done was. Yeah. yeah no I totally relate with that um there was a when I was working in South Carolina so I was working at a uh, sweeper truck company mm-hmm. and so I would go to this gas station and 
we would, I would like, sometimes I would find the, I would find like, uh, the, the cashier and he mm-hmm. was really, really nice. His name was Sammy and he would come outside and watch me rap and he would hear my raps and he turned me on to the first recording studio I went to. Nice. Uh, well after starting hip hop, but, um, he, he told me about his struggles with DID mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really relatable to me. He would tell me about how he would have time lapses and mm. you know how uh, he would he, and you could see it you know when you when you really got to know him mm-hmm. you could see how he would switch and I realized that I was switching too mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I just I didn't want to accept that. Mm-hmm. You know, that I could possibly have multiple personality disorder, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, dissociative identity disorder is what they call it now. But I'm on that journey now. You well, know? they did. Yeah. Yeah. DID? Is that what you did there? Okay. okay. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Just yeah. keep <laughs> <laughs> I, I, That flew right over my head. I see what you did there. Keep going. That's okay. But yeah, I'm on that journey now of, you know, getting a proper diagnosis and working with somebody. Having multiple personality disorders not something that you can medicate. You can't stop somebody from switching, Mm -hmm. but you can help mitigate the side effects that come with it because when you have multiple people you know or multiple personalities and you could say it's like it's like having multiple people you these each alter has their own disorders and their own habits Hmm. you know and so it gets really confusing people think that you're just being fake or they think that you know you're faking it so that you can get attention Mm -hmm. and and it's not that you know it's not that at all like this is very real for me yeah yeah no well i mean i i appreciate you even sharing about disassociative identity disorder just because like that's something you know that's something that i don't understand i have no i've unless you unless you're either experiencing it or you've experienced somebody close to it you don't even know what to look for yeah you know and that's that was kind of my thing with like bipolar is that like i didn't know what it was i didn't have any frame of reference for it so it was like i couldn't be like oh bipolar my uncle has that you know so i i can be like this is maybe Maybe I have it because I'm similar in this sense. So it's, you know, and it's all developed from trauma, mm-hmm. you know, so it's hard to say like, oh, well, I've had trauma in my childhood. So this is what I have. And it's mm-hmm. like, nah, everybody deals with it differently. You know, yeah. somebody, some people deal with it with PTSD, right? Their brain goes into a PTSD state. Some people hide their trauma in all their altars, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. I can see that lots of layers. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, um, what was I going to say? Have, so has there been people in your family that have been diagnosed that you're like, yes, you have more of an understanding or was it like you immediately rejected it and were just like, ah, I don't believe in this or me. Yeah. Um, I remember when I like was living in my school bus and I was traveling the country and then it broke down here in Vancouver and I was definitely going through a lot of like depression. I feel like a loser. I was going to, you know, go to LA in my school bus. I just was touring and then I had to sleep on my mom's couch. I was drinking a lot. I also like didn't have my surgery for my endometriosis. I was in physical pain constantly. And so I was definitely like, my moods were all over the place. And my grandpa wrote me a letter basically like, 
it was really kind, but he was trying to also diagnose me saying like, Hey, there's this thing that runs in our family. Like I think you might be manic depressive. I'm just a little worried about you. Like I'm not a doctor, but maybe something you should look into. Mm-hmm. And it super hurt my feelings and made me mad. Oh. But then looking and then I got back, happy really fast. Yeah, no, but then I, I got to spend <laughs> some time. With, <laughs> stupid. But then I got to like spend some time when I went with my grandpa and I brought it up and he was like, look again, I'm not a doctor. He's just saying, but I think it's important to know what runs in the family. And if you feel yourself like struggling with something, like it's okay which was great and we had a good conversation and like he says that he you know at the time he's like I only drink after five o'clock even though I live alone I don't want to day drink you know I don't Mm want to I don't want to get in these bad habits and now like even when we're celebrating and we're all hanging out he like doesn't drink anymore and I think that's great not like he was an alcoholic but I think for him he just knows knows that it wasn't yeah it wasn't going to take me down the path I wanted to be and so that is like something I have to be very mindful of if I'm not in a good place alcohol might sound like it'll fix Mm -hmm. everything but then I'm crying and yelling at someone I care about because I have trauma I'm not dealing with you know just like shit like that where I'm like okay bitch (laughs) Just be aware and be mindful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, this has been the smoke break. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I've been your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Bye, friends. And our guest host, Wix. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much.